0: Hey y'all, I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves and doing well today on Now That's Life. We're going to discuss why it's okay to not be okay in this time, especially at a time where our mental health is tested. And this is part two. Go back to part one if you haven't heard it yet, but part two, I'm telling you, it's going to be great. This is a continuation of that episode, and there is much happening with this COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. But right now, it's so tough, and many of us have had difficulties before this pandemic ever started so I want to make sure that we talk about isolation our mental health anxiety depression and any worries and why it's okay to not be okay right now and today we have a guest we have a guest so I'm even more excited to chat with you all about the realness of our experiences and the validity of our feelings especially right now I'm your host, Dr. Nina Ellis Hervey. I'm a licensed clinical and school psychologist in the states of Texas and Louisiana. I'm a nationally certified school psychologist, a licensed specialist in school psychology, a certified professional life coach, an associate and tenure professor and clinic director. And this is the Now That's Life podcast. And while I want this podcast to be a helpful and a great resource to you, it is not meant to be a substitution for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. So I don't know if y'all can tell, but I'm so hyped. Like I'm so excited for today's episode because I'm getting back into having guests on the podcast. And the great thing about it is not only are we going to be supplying you guys with more than nuggets of information and great things to take with you along the way, but I'm hoping to learn some things as well and step away enlightened. And especially in this time, it's best that we're educating ourselves and arming ourselves with great and reliable information and our plans to get you all to those reliable sources so today is no different. I'm gonna say I'm even more hyped today because I have a personal friend of mine who I've met through the Association for State and Provincial Psychology Boards and we both write for the Examination for Professional Practice in Psychology Part 2 and it's a board exam for future psychologists and She and I built more than a professional connection, and she's amazing. She's a mentor, she's a confidant, she's just. Great. So I'm just going to read about her before I formally introduce her. Dr. Melissa Robinson Brown, PhD, or aka Dr. Mill, is a licensed clinical psychologist in New Jersey and New York, as well as an educator, a speaker, and health and wellness enthusiast. She's the founder of Renewed Focus Psychology Services, a New York City-based private practice. And Dr. Mill wants to help women to feel like the badasses they are truly meant to be. Period. Okay, I'm going to add a T to that. (laughs) and you will find her hanging out in the quote unquote in between helping women navigate the world and level up when life structure just don't seem to fit or just doesn't seem to fit you could call her an empowerment enabler a self-acceptance guide and a mind body connector she takes a holistic approach to her work encouraging her clients to focus not only on mental health and mindfulness but also physical health and wellness dr mill resides in New Jersey and her with her three amazing gifted energetic beautiful mini badass daughters and her supportive, ambitious, loving partner, A B. And y'all I could sit back here all day and tell you how amazing their family truly is in the flesh. So I'm so happy for today's episode and can't wait for you to hear a lot of the nuggets that are dropped today. And let me know how you all are feeling and thinking. Make sure that you share this episode, reach out to Dr. Mill after this, and also show her some love. All right, y'all, let's get into it. Hello, everyone. So I'm excited as I've told you guys about our guest today, as you've heard all the wonderful things about Dr. Mel. She is amazing, and I happen to know her personally. So I'm so just, I mean, over the moon, happy to talk with her at this time. And of course, a part of it is quite comforting because, you know, we're having the difficulties in the world that we're having. So it's also nice to hear a Voice that comforts me, so I'm gonna have her tell you all just a bit about herself and what she does. So, hey, Mel, Dr. Mel, how you doing? Hi, Dr. Nina, how are you? Great, great,
1: good. I did so you tell us more about you? Sure. Um, so, I first just want to say thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, This is super exciting. I love everything that you do. Um, I love all of the things that you do for our community and the ways in which you inspire us. And so I feel super humbled and honored to just be here um, and get to chat with you today. And plus, since I know you on a personal level, this is going to be so much fun. Uh, But yeah, so let me tell you a little bit about me. I, uh, so Melissa Robinson Brown is my first name, but I go by Dr. Mel. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist in New York and New Jersey. And I have a private practice that's based in Manhattan, uh, that's supposed to be based in Manhattan, but right now is based out of my house because I am not going into the city (laughs) to see my clients. Um, but the practice is focused on helping women who want to level up when life structure just doesn't fit them. And so essentially what that means is you don't believe or don't want to follow the template, but then what are you supposed to do to be able to sort of level up in your own career in your own business in your relationships to really feel like the badass that you are supposed to be and so that is those are the primarily the people that i work with they're coming in to really manage those particular areas of their life uh, and feel really damn good about doing it and i couch this yeah. I couch it all in the, in the context. The other piece of it that's so important to me is I couch it all in the context of, of fitness and nutrition. I, I strongly believe in taking care of not only your, your mental wellness, but your physical wellness. And they're very, very um, closely tied together. And so what you will see is me constantly shooting off spouting and practicing what I preach in terms of fitness and just eating well.
0: Yes. And I I can attest to that, y'all. I look at her Instagram. We are going to make sure that we link all of the places you can find her in the show notes. But I look at her Instagram and I'm telling you guys, like... I'm so inspired, so inspired. Mm-hmm. And you guys know I love fitness and and physical, mental, emotional wellness and fitness is important. And so when I see you doing it and not only doing it, but with your family as well, mm-hmm. that's a person that's not only talking about it, but they're living it. And so mm-hmm. you are greatly appreciated. And that is quite, quite, has quite the impact um, mm-hmm. on someone like myself who just quietly watches. It's just amazing.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, I love bringing my girls in.
0: That's usually the most fun part of it. And they can hang too. (laughs) (laughs) They're on it. They are on it. They give us, I mean, they give me a run for my money just watching them. They are killing it. So that's great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dr. Mel, I wanted to also go into how we even came to this topic because the day that I was going to record a live on this very subject you and I, I don't even know how we started checking in with each other but had checked in on each other and were expressing some you know concerns and things ourselves at this time so mm-hmm. when we say it's okay to not be okay at this time what does that mean to you hmm. It's a great question. So I actually as, as I was sitting
1: here, um, Dr. Nina, I remembered that I saw that you were about to go live. And I was like, Oh, we're on the same wavelength, because I just posted on Instagram about how I was having a really rough day. And I think that one of the things I cannot stand about social media is that um, it's so often this curated, beautiful view of like all these, all the amazing things we're doing in our life. And people don't ever put that, like, actually, I have bad days. I have days when I'm not happy, and I have days where um, I don't feel great. And so, and, and like, for some, to somehow post that on social media would be like, tarnishing the image you're trying to put out there. So I think that's how we got started on it. And then we started talking about the fact that to not be okay means like, not every day has to be sunshine and roses, right? Not every not every experience you have with another person has to be you smiling and saying how great you're doing. Um, And that's okay, right? And it's so important, right, for for people to be able to hold space for that.
0: Oh, oh, goodness, you said a mouthful. And I think more than anything, people are probably seeing exactly what you're talking about as we look at, I, I feel like I feel... I'm seeing the social media unraveling, right? So <laughs> those of us <laughs> that understand that life has cycles, right? Some of us understand, and not just because we're mental health professionals or professions within our or in professions within our rights, but I think because many of us have learned to in life accept that, hmm, accept that, hey, I, <laughs> we're gonna face hard times. That's just how life goes you 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 roll with the punches that's how it happens but what i'm seeing on social media <laughs> is that people don't expect to go through much in life at all mm. if they can make it look good and they can make others think it looks good then it's it's fine but mm. i think right now it's hard for those people to get away with that because so many people are experiencing a lot of the same things. Mm. Would you say you're
1: seeing the same thing? Am I
0: seeing the same thing in
1: terms of, you, you're talking about in real life or in social media world?
0: Well, well both. I would <laughs> say both.
1: You can tell um, us about
0: both, please.
1: <laughs> um, so in social media land, I also tried to follow people that show up as real authentic individuals and so Mm. I that is important for me in terms of like the feed and what I'm looking at so I do see it in social media world that there are a lot of people who are experiencing just not being okay and uh and really again just holding space for it and and by that Dr. Nina what I mean is don't try to make it better don't try to tell somebody, oh, but tomorrow's a new day. You know, let somebody have their feelings. Let somebody feel their feelings because they need to. To, to be able to get mm-hmm. to be able to get through this, we have to work through this, right? Um, so I definitely see people not being okay in social media world, but I, I see it so much more in my practice mm-hmm. with my friends, with my family. It's a struggle. This is a struggle. This is a hard time that we're really going through.
0: It is. I <laughs> I can agree. And while we're talking about struggles, what are some of the most common struggles that you're seeing right now? Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, it's interesting because it has shifted over time. So I think when this pandemic began, there was a lot of sort of uncertainty and actually a little bit of excitement because people were like, oh, I get to work from home. I don't have to commute. This is my dream. I've always wanted to do this. And there was some uncertainty, <laughs> right? right? They were, they were excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there was also some uncertainty. People were like, I don't know what's going to happen with my job. Or I don't know what's going to happen with my partner's job. Or my kids are now home 24 uh, seven. How is that supposed to work? And so, I think that that was sort of the beginning feelings. And what's happening now is as this pandemic drags on, not only is there real financial insecurity that's popping up for people, because I think businesses were trying to really kind of, some businesses were really trying to keep things going in the way that they could for a long time, but we are entering week eight, week nine of this shelter in place. Uh, And Businesses can't do what they were doing. So big, huge companies are laying people off, cutting salaries, and that's going to have an impact. And then I also think that individuals are experiencing quarantine fatigue. They are tired of being in the house, right?
0: Yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, we can say that again. Uh And I think for those of us that... You know, I I pride myself in being a person who likes to travel and I do travel a lot Mm. and, you know, with work and all of that. But when I'm home, I love being home. And so I think for me, I'm a homebody and I enjoy this. But what I don't enjoy is seeing other people not enjoying it. So I'm ready for the world to start back up because I want them to be able to go do what they want to do outside of the home. I'm perfectly fine in the home, but it bothers me that other people are not. And I understand that, right? So Mm -hmm. I think that there's another side to that too because some of us that are adjusting well in the house are usually in the house. Like that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, But then seeing other people who don't do that do it is almost like uncomfortable in itself Mm -hmm. because I have friends that like to be social. They like to go out, you know, outside of traveling. For me, it's usually with travel that I get out. Uh, But otherwise they're like, I can't even just go down the street and, you know, go to the local plaza to shop for a little while. I can't even, you know, go get my nails done freely anymore. I can't even, you know, go (laughs) walk in the park without worrying how many people will be there or how close they'll be to me. Um, And then you bring up another thing is this financial insecurity. And I think that that's a scary one too, because I think a lot of people are also dealing with the "woulda, coulda, shoulda"s, right? You know, mm-hmm. I woulda, coulda, shoulda done this, and now I didn't, and now here I am. Um, mm-hmm. Because one of the things I've been hearing from people is that you know what, I'm going to change how I do things now. You know, mm-hmm. if we do come out of this, and I'm blessed to have the means and and get back to where I was. I'm never going to take it for granted again. And mm-hmm. I'm going to make better or and I hate to say better cuz I hate that word sometimes, but I think different decisions.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so you bring up a great point there. Um do you think that these these issues uh mirror a lot of the issues that you've seen pre-pandemic? Or do you think that they're just extensions? of some of those issues Uh, besides the being, you know, staying at home and those other things. Do you think it mirrors any of the issues you saw before?
1: Mm -hmm. So I've definitely seen, especially just with the the age group that I see, which is usually like early twenties to uh, maybe like early fifties. I see a lot of the financial piece come up for people really wanting to make sure that they are financially stable and, and trying to sort of save and put money away for a rainy day. And so like, here comes the rainy day. Right. Uh, Mm. But I've, I've, that was definitely something that has come up for people. And it's interesting what you brought up about the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, like I've seen that right in practice. I should have been a better saver. I'm, I'm X, Y, Z years old. And I should have this amount of money saved and now I feel bad or I feel like a failure because here I am in this position where money is tight and I can't support myself, right? And I think one Mm -hmm. thing that I want to point out that is so important is this idea when we should, when we should on ourselves, right? Whenever you hear yourself using the word should, I should have reacted in this way. I should have put this money away and done this thing. And I should have worked out, whatever it is, you're judging yourself. And I guarantee Mm. you, it does not make you feel better.
0: Right. (laughs) It's so true. So true. Especially at a time like this, Mm -hmm. especially at a time like this,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. you know, one thing my mother used to say, and, and, um, I know we've gotten, we get scientific, but we also can use some anecdotes, right? So my mom used to say all the time about crying is that it's fine to cry, but one thing you don't want to start to do is wallow in it so Hmm. that it becomes your only destination. Hmm. If it's not making change after a while, then the crying has to turn into action. And I didn't used to understand it, you know, until I got older, Mm -hmm. is that not she she wasn't saying that you shouldn't express emotion because my mother knew that more specifically with me, I was an emotional child, uh, Mm -hmm. expressed all of them very freely. However, um, what she was saying is, is to make sure that instead of going back to that should that you said, is don't let all the tears be about what could have happened or what should have happened but allow them to propel you to what's next and how you're going to handle it. And also be in that moment for a second, you know, allow that to happen. But we can allow ourselves to stay in that moment, which is what I'm afraid of with this pandemic, to be honest, Mm -hmm. is that I think some people are going to count out the future, right? Mm -hmm. So in that shoulda, they'll get stuck in the shoulda, and they'll get stuck in the negatives of now and not consider That there's still a future beyond this. Mm Hmm. Mm.
1: I wish I could. I could hear me snapping because I. There's so much powerful, such a powerful message in what you just shared, right? And your mom is a smart woman. So smart. She's beautiful.
0: Oh, thank (laughs) you. Thank (laughs) you. She's gonna be so happy to hear that.
1: uh but yeah I mean you're right that we can so get caught up in our wallowing and we can so get caught up in what what people will call sort of like rumination right you'll just ruminate and ruminate on the same things and you'll just get stuck in that place and in some ways it's this sort of unwillingness to move out of it, right? Like, in some ways, we make choices to stay in our sorrow. I know it's painful, and I don't want you to discount your pain, right? Mm. And, and, right? At what point do we say, I'm going to process and work through my grief, my loss, uh, my sadness, uh, my pain, and my hurt, and... I'm going to figure out what that means for my life. And then I'm going to figure out what my next steps are. Right. And it is, it is, this pandemic has for many people, I mean, people are losing their loved ones. They're losing homes. They're losing materials, right? There's so much jobs. There's so much loss, Mm. Mm -hmm. but we can easily get caught up. You're right in the, in that place of that shoulda. Um, And then you're stuck.
0: Yes. Well, (laughs) wow. We get caught up and stuck. So I hope you guys are having a good time and enjoying this conversation with Dr. Mill. She's amazing, right? So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this message. Y'all, we are back. We're going to go ahead and jump right back into the show with Dr. Mill. One of the other issues that I, I see and that you've expressed so eloquently here, too, is that people are losing. Mm-hmm. They, they are losing. And sometimes when you lose a lot, you don't want to hear that there's an, a bright ending. Okay. Which leads Mm -hmm. back into our topic of it's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. But one thing I like to expound on, and you can agree or disagree, let us know what you think here. One thing that I often teach is that when you're at your lowest, the only way you can go is up. Hmm. And so sometimes we are brought to our lowest So that we can better appreciate and accelerate to our high points. But understanding that all of those points matter and Hmm. none of them can really be avoided. Hmm. Um, And so one of the bigger things I, I like to instill is just making sure that people understand that when you hit your lowest, the one thing you can look forward to is there will be something better than that.
1: Yes. Yes. I agree. Uh I think being at a low point is just so
0: uncomfortable for people. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> not comfortable at all. And uncertainty too. Let's let's bring that in there too. Mm-hmm. Uncertainty with the low point is even more horrible. Yes.
1: That oof, that probably just creates the ultimate like the perfect storm for major anxiety.
0: Mm. <sighs> And here's a question for you. How are you helping clients and those that look to you? Because I know you have people just even within your community and others who just consult with you. Mm -hmm. How are you instilling the idea of hope at such a time when there's so much uncertainty? Mm
1: -hmm. So I'm a really big proponent of mindfulness and staying in the moment. So... Mm -hmm. I think it's really easy to go down a path, and this is what happens with anxiety, right? So anxiety is essentially fear of the unknown, and so there are a a, a lot of unknowns right now, right? Um, because mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen as states reopen. We don't know what's going to look like if this virus comes back. We don't know what's going on with the with jobs all those things. So there's a lot of unknowns. And so it's easy to get caught in this anxiety spiral when you start thinking about, well, what if in a month the virus comes back and this can't happen? And what if da, 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 and what if, and all these what ifs start to send you down this spiral of feeling really uncertain. And it creates more anxiety because you can't answer, can't answer any of those questions. They are hypothetical worries And there's no way to answer them because you just don't know. Whereas if you practice mindfulness, which is literally about being present in the moment, right? As I'm sitting here and I'm able to have dinner with my partner or sit with my kids, or if my roommates and I are having a dance party and I can be in that moment, in that moment, you're experiencing joy. And that's the only thing you're certain of is what's happening right Mm -hmm. now. So I do a lot of how do you focus more on your present versus going down the anxiety spirals or the rabbit holes of the what ifs?
0: Hmm. Hmm. That's look snaps. Hopefully you can hear <laughs> that. I don't snap so good. I hear it. Because <laughs> yeah. this rabbit hole is, oh, it's what takes a lot of us under a lot of people under. Um, and you're absolutely right. What can you focus on in the now mm-hmm. that keeps you afloat? And and here's another thing I think and and tell me if you see this sometimes is for some reason people are not okay <laughs> with just being meh. You know, and when I say meh, that translates into just middle of the road, like I'm I'm okay, but I'm not you know, all that great right now. And Mm -hmm. for some reason, we want to be on one end of the spectrum and we usually want to be on the high end. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you finding that you're having more people um, admitting to just having those moments of, I'm just just here right now and Mm -hmm. I'm okay with being here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I see it with my clients because I, I try really hard to create safe spaces for my clients where they feel like again, they can show up authentically as them. So if one day they're feeling like a, a total badass and they look in the mirror and that's how they show up for their sessions, then cool. And if the next day they're feeling like shit, then that's cool too. And if the next day they're sort of like, I'm okay. I mean, I'm here. We That's fine as well. right? So I definitely hear it from my clients because I, I encourage them to just be them in the moment. But there's, it's a, it's, there's a lot of societal pressure to show up in a certain way. I'm telling you this world of social media, it's a trap. Mm. It's a trap. (laughs) (laughs) It's a trap. We could have a whole other conversation about how it's a trap for some other things, but it's definitely a trap for, Mm. for how people live life. And like this, this expectation that you're never going to feel um, sad or just bleh,
0: <laughs> just okay. Just yeah. you know, I'm, I'm I'm just happy to be that you know that I'm okay and I'm not wanting to harm myself or harm anyone else. And I'm just in a place. You're absolutely right. And social media has made that quite quite hard because I want to say that a lot of people that have come to me in confidence, uh, one of their biggest things that they want to mention is what they saw somebody else doing on social media. Mm. And, mm. you know, and I'm I'm always led to tell them, as a person who is a quote-unquote personality, I mean, I think my personality is literally just me online. <laughs> but I think <laughs> what people have to realize is you have to think of what you see on social media as a picture. And I'm talking about mm-hmm. the video, everything you see. We can make a picture look like what we want it to. Right. A lot Mm -hmm. of the pictures that I've taken have not been in the settings that people would have imagined beyond the horizon of that picture, that point of the picture that you see. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've taken pictures in alleyways because there was a nice mural. You know, Mm -hmm. people might have thought it was a nice upscale area, but it was literally an alley. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And so I think we have to think of social media kind of, especially in this time, the same way are you privileged to the whole picture or are yeah. you only focusing on that snapped moment or that moment in video? Um And I think that's essential for, I mean, our position as health as, as mental health professionals, but also for those of you all who are listening, I think we have to make sure that you understand that you too can't fall for <laughs> that I same know. thing. <laughs> And especially now, especially now, because we're all affected by this. This is not just one person being affected or 10 people or, you know, even a few million. It's billions that are affected by this right now. Mm -hmm. And so all those beautiful pictures are beautiful, but you got to know that that comes with some anxiety and some fatigue and some tiredness and some some moodiness. Mm -hmm. Um, all of that, so, so, what do you suggest for others, Dr. Mill, to look beyond the social media scene? How do you suggest they do that? So
1: I hope, right, that social media is not your only sort of resource for how things go in the world, and that my my wish for people is that they surround themselves again with people who show up authentically. And you you can kind of get a sense of when people are showing up authentically, and either coming correct or really just giving you the bullshit. It's okay. For, I didn't even ask if I could curse, but I'm cursing Just um, oh, show yeah, up You're you <laughs> so uh, i think you can get a sense of that but i think surrounding yourself with that support network is really important uh i think that you need to also just take a a look at when you follow people on social media how do they make you feel right like Mm -hmm. when when you look at somebody's post on social media are you like oh my gosh, this feels so inspiring, or is it more of, oh man, I need to get myself together because look at what this person's doing and I'm so far from that and I just feel bad about me and my effort. Like, you don't want to feel that way. And so if that's what you are getting with the people you are following, then you need to choose different folks. Um, Mm. And yeah, just choose different people. But if social media is too much, like if you cannot control either what you're consuming from social media or how much time you're spending on it, then I really suggest that people take timeouts from social media. Uh, just put all your accounts, you know, you can set it so the notifications don't come to your phone or don't come to your computer or your email. And just take a, just take a break. to Do a detox right? You don't have to wait for Lent to detox or, you know, dry January to detox from social media. You can do it at any point and just say, you know what, I'm doing a 21 day cleanse just like we cleanse our bodies and we you know try to get rid of some of the toxins that build up in our gut and all of that you can cleanse from social media and just take a break and and work on other things whether that's a gratitude journal or you know just journaling about yourself doing more mindfulness meditation all that time you would have spent on social media put it into something else and then come back and see if you feel the same way after that
0: cleanse mm i love that I love that Yeah. because it's absolutely true that cleansing sometimes. And I've also, look, don't feel so bad and like you owe people to follow them either. Right. I, <laughs> that sounds so bad, but there's been times where I've continually come back to social media and gotten some sort of feeling based on the posts of others. Even amidst this, like seeing how people are posting about COVID-19 and the way they're posting about it. You know, some people had to go and Mm -hmm. (laughs) and because they were taking my anxiety levels to a new place or to a new space, which I knew was other, you know, for others as well could have been the same thing. And so if you have to put a person on mute, if you need to move beyond it, I'm going to piggyback here and say just don't follow that because it can cause even more uncertainty within you that wasn't even there or wouldn't have even been initiated had you not been so fully <laughs> uh immersed into others posting habits. Yep. Let me tell
1: you uh, again yeah. Dr. Nina, that mute button, yo. <laughs> People don't understand the power of the mute because it causes less drama, right? Sometimes people won't unfollow folks because it's family, because it's friends, Mm, and you don't want to cause drama by unfollowing somebody. But that mute button, you mute somebody, you don't have to see their stuff. So you can basically unfollow them without them knowing that
0: you're knowing. Yep. I have people on mute now. I feel so (laughs) good to say, but I have people on mute and they probably don't even notice it. So you're absolutely right. (laughs) You're absolutely right. So I want to go into this quote and then I want to go into some things that um, some of the listeners have sent in. And I I referenced some of those in part one of this episode, but there was a a quote by Marissa Donnelly. She's an author and poet and editor. And she says, listen, you don't have to be so damn strong all the time. You don't have to show the world this perfect image of yourself, an image that never falters, never fails, never makes a mistake makes makes a mistake or encounters weakness hmm. Hmm. and and i I thought that that was very uh great to hear during this time because we know that a lot of mistakes are going to be made, especially in the face of uncertainty right mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people trying to change the image that others see will occur. So how do you feel about teaching the fact that we don't have to be so damn strong all the time, as Mm -hmm. Marissa put it?
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I'm going to go start looking at her and following her. Uh, I I think that that's right. And this is especially true for brown and black women because Mm -hmm. there's this thought that we have to be strong and we have to show strength and not only that we do, we have to show strength, right. All the time, but we, but we do it because we feel like if any, if, if somehow somebody sees our weakness, they'll take advantage of it. And, Mm. you know, I get it. I understand that fear. And this is where you have to think about who is around you, right? Who is your support system? And also, if you if you show, like let's say for example, let's just say for example, right? Like I posted a few weeks back, which is how we started this conversation, that I was not having a great day. And somebody was like, right. Well, that's your problem. You need to cheer up or I actually did have people comment on that post and say, But you but you look so cute, so it's fine. Um I I just think that you have to <laughs> you it's okay. It's okay to not be strong. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to admit a mistake and a weakness. Uh, I talk about the fact that like, there've been times since we've been on this in this pandemic and probably before where I lose my temper with my, my kiddos, I have three girls and sometimes I lose my temper with them. And that's a me thing, right? That's something that I have to manage. It doesn't make like, I think the, I think the issue, as I'm thinking about this, Dr. Nina, I think the issue is that people think that somehow if you display anything less than strength, then somehow that tarnishes your identity. It means that, you know, I can't be this, how can I possibly be this, like, really, like, exuberant, badass, like, woman who loves colors and then also be somebody that yells at their kid? And I'm like, because number one, I'm human. And number two, there's, there's multiple pieces to me. (laughs) Uh, And Mm -hmm. one thing doesn't totally define me. Right.
0: So. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Right. That's a, and that's deep because I'm thinking about the picture and you did look absolutely beautiful as always in the picture. But I think what's so funny is people don't think about multiple things going on at one time. I can look cute and still be upset. Like (laughs) those two can exist at the same time. I can not feel my best and smile in a picture too. Yeah. Um, You it's so interesting what we expect from people, especially in times like these where none of us really know everything that's going on. Um, And we expect still this level of perfection. And I have to piggyback off what you said. It, It is very prevalent, especially in black and brown communities to always, especially among our women. Uh pin that strong, that strong thing, uh, on us. And I've had to start telling people, which has I think made a lot of people jump backwards when they say like, you're so strong though, you know, and I'm like, not all the time. And I'm not (laughs) trying to be either. Uh Uh And I'm not trying to be. <laughs> Word no. to you, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't need that title because oftentimes with that title comes no chance of empathy, no, no. chance of people understanding when you do go through something. Uh, and it becomes very much uh, something that can be easily swept under the rug. And I think in a situation like this, yes, you are a mother, you have a husband, you have three children there's going to be a lot happening at once in the house,
1: you know, mm-hmm. and you are still
0: an individual. <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're still an individual that desires their time um, and possibly some quiet and some alone time and some space. Mm-hmm. And, and somehow we've associated that with not, Wanting many things at one time. And at this time, it's easy to want many things. I mean, I don't even like going to a lot of places outside the house, but I wish I could know that I could just walk to the mall or go to the mall if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, Not that I would go, but it would be nice to know that I could, but mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. So even that can cause a level of anxiety and stress that people don't tend to want to understand, I think. No. Um. And with that too, I'm going to ask you about this because I had put up a poll. That poll turned out, I think by now it's over 4,000 people, but it was a post that I said, I'm preparing to record a podcast episode. Mm -hmm. And in these times, many of us don't feel, we can show sadness and may fear it makes us seem weak, even if you're not directly very challenged by the changes happening what makes you the most sad or bothered about what is happening right now? And I said, mm-hmm. please feel free to explain. And 42% said the deaths and in increased cases of COVID-19. We had 18% coming in with uh, the lack of protection of those on the front line. 17% the increased loss of jobs. Another 17% not seeing friends and family when I want to. And 6% mm-hmm. of that just said that they would explain more. And there was some highlights. comments. And I'm going to pick a few that I thought were common and get your insight because I talked about this in the first part, but I want to get your insight on these, especially since some of them are quite general. And one person here says, it's Kylie Catherine that says, all of the above, in addition to the impact it would have on us as a society, how will socializing change? Will we still have restaurants, amusement parks, concerts, festivals, and other public events? I'm concerned mm. about the way that social distancing is going to impact our human nature. Mm-hmm. What what can we say to that? What can we offer for that? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I mean, the first thing I'll offer is that she's very right that social distancing is going to absolutely change the way we interact with not only each other, but the things that are in the world. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the thing that's hard is we don't know how it's going to impact it yet. I mean, we are starting to open places up and people are supposed to be wearing masks. But I went on a walk today, for example, and we're supposed to be wearing masks when we're outside. And I would say "Mm, maybe a good 50 to 65 percent of the people had nothing on their faces. (laughs) so so, uh so i think that's also going to lead to lots of drama and controversy and a divide because there are going to be people who are going to say we just need to get back to normal all this mask and glove piece and you know they i've heard rumors about them potentially staggering school and like Maybe some kids will come part of the day and then another group will come another part of the day and doing the same thing with work, right? And so there's definitely going to be a lot of changes. We just don't know what it's going to be like yet. So I think the best way to prepare for this is to, to be sure to strengthen the connections that you have with the people that feel very important to you. And then when things start to change in our world, to, to, be, to be aware, um, to figure out where are the places where you can advocate for either change or for, you know, offering things to people to help them show up differently. I mean, it's definitely going to be a really interesting fallout. And we just don't know what that's going to be yet.
0: <sighs> that's so true. and And I think you answered the best way possible is that we can't be sure of anything right now. Um, but I think one thing right. we can be sure of, like you said, is it is going to forever impact um, our communities. I mean, just the fact that mm-hmm. we are wearing masks and gloves. I'll say the same thing about we're not at the point where we wear them outside here, like the general outside. When I say outside, when I go running here, I'm usually by myself, so there's right. not many people around, so we don't wear them just yet there, but. I wear them when I go to the store. I wear them when, you know, I run an errand and right. I'm like you, I'm seeing people in the grocery store that are still willy nilly, like it's right. four months ago. Right. And they're right. looking around at everybody else. Like, what's your problem? Yep. And I get upset because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, you've touched like five apples. Okay. Okay. And I'm the one over here inspecting the apples before I touch them because I know if I touch it, I need to keep it, even with these gloves on. Right. And I think that so many people are not making decisions that are are conscious of everyone. Mm -hmm. And socially, that's going to cause a divide, right? Because naturally, some of us are going to be like, well, I don't really want to go places where people are not paying attention to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have the other group that's like, oh, it's fine. It'll be just fine. But, right. oh, it's fine. It'll just be just fine could have been what got us here. So, right. right. You know, I don't know how to to handle that. And I really don't particularly want to go to a concert where everybody has on a mask and gloves.
1: I know. I know. Exactly. How, like, that's it, it will feel very strange. But, you know, the, the thing Berry. I was thinking about as you were talking, uh, and this may be going off on a tangent a little bit, but I, I, I actually, uh, the pe- the same people who sort of don't wear the mask in the grocery store are the same people <laughs> who walk their dogs and let them shit and don't pick it up.
0: Right? Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. We have, There, I, I mean, I bring that example just because, like, there are already people in our world who don't think beyond themselves, right? They're selfish. And so I just think something like this is going to probably highlight that a little bit more, but Mm. I think those people already exist. They're already here. They just might be doing things that are more subtle. Um, But like, so like, here's another example like when people were buying up all the toilet paper and all the the paper towels right if i go if i was in a spot and there were like two roll two more packages of paper towels left i would just take one and i would leave one for the next person because i'm like somebody else needs that but there were definitely people i 100% guarantee you who were taking everything that was still there so we already have people in the society that don't think beyond themselves. It's just going to be, this is just going to put the spotlight on some of that.
0: Oh, you, ah, oh, I could, I could talk to you all day. I, know. That, I hadn't even thought about that point. I, I hadn't even thought about that point because many of the audience, many people in the audience probably thought this way too. The people that were getting frustrated with what we need to realize is it was probably already that way. This is just highlighting a lot of the things that we haven't been very cognizant of. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that leads us back to the idea that we need to be, again, more mindful and more cognizant of what's happening in the moments. Because I think a lot of us have missed a lot of moments. Mm -hmm. And we are learning that from this situation. Mm -hmm. because when you said that, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, that's the person I probably saw at the park. You know, allowing their mm-hmm. dog to just, you know, do mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. and and they didn't even have bags with them. They didn't care. Nope. Nope. So it it makes perfect sense. And I have a dog, and she has bags galore on her mm-hmm. leash, so that I never forget. Right. right. <laughs> and I'm looking at them. You know, just whatever. It's cool. Yeah. Absolutely. You're so, oh my goodness. I'm sure you're getting a lot of snaps right now. That, that's a big one. <laughs> I had one more comment I wanted your take on here. Sure. It was loving the natural me. She says, I'm sad because now that we are quarantined, those that are suffering from abuse, domestic violence, sexual abuse, and more are not safe, if that makes sense. hmm Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think about that being that you've worked with people that have been through traumatic experiences mm-hmm. and then now what that means Uh
1: well in some ways my heart breaks because this is not only for people who, you know, for adults that are being abused or in abusive relationships, these are for kids too. And and in many instances, kids have less outs because if it's your parent, that's the abuser. Where are you going? Um, mm. If it's an adult that is you know in an abusive relationship, you may have options to like go be with family. So, my heart breaks because you know, there's been some statistics that I've seen that divorce rates have been on the rise, that um, reports of abuse have been on the rise because you are now trapped. With your abuser, you're trapped. There's nowhere for you to go, uh, and I know that you know there are hotlines and there are. I've seen people create online support groups for um, individuals who are in you know domestic violence type situations, but it's it's a very 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 tough situation, uh, and there's no perfect answer. There's no perfect answer.
0: Ah, sheesh. Yeah. And, and to, it would be different if we were in a time where it was safe to go to places that were readily available. Yeah, I think the other hard part here is that now you can't even trust where you might be going. Mm Mm-mm. Nope. which is the hardest situation to think about. So my heart aches for them as well. And like you said, we can try and do as much as we possibly can, but I think ultimately it's going to depend on the situation.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's also
0: going to depend on what that person feels might be available for them and to them. Yeah. hmm
1: I mean, that's the hard part, right? Resources. If you don't have resources, again, this is so much harder for a child because where are you going? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, if people have resources or support available, they might be able to turn to those things. But I think that a number and there's probably there's probably some stats on this but that I'm not completely sure of. A number of people don't have other have other resources because remember, abusers tend to uh, isolate. Hey. They mm-hmm. isolate people. And so when you need help and you need friends or you need somebody to depend on, you don't have that because you you know, this abuser has like taken the time to isolate you from all of those things. So, ugh,
0: that's ugh. and in yeah. that same, in that same place, I'm, I'm going to kind of switch gears for our last question here. Um, What would you say to people who are now, because it's become very apparent to me that people have a lot of time on their hands right now, even if you're working, even if you have a family, you still have a lot of, more quiet moments that you Mm -hmm. can't opt out of at this time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You just have to sit in it. And what I'm finding is that people are taking time to just think about all the bad things that have happened to them in their lives, and they might find themselves reliving some of them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm having people reach out to me that are having problems with overeating, Mm -hmm. uh, with emotional eating, uh, with thinking about things that they never thought about before I had someone that uh, told me that they had totally repressed the fact that they were sexually abused by a sibling (laughs) uh, at a young age. And it's coming back now because of course they have those open moments and those quiet moments. Um, I've had others reach out to me that have told me that they've thought about things that were done to them that never bothered them until now. Mm. Um, and, And my question to you is, First off, why do you think that's happening? Secondly, what some people might do right now to relieve or alleviate some of the stress and strain from that? Mm-hmm. So
1: I, I, this is such a great, great question. And I think there's, so I'm going to talk about this in two parts. So one is what I think is happening. So I think things like, Um, When people become emotional eaters, when they engage in impulsive behaviors, when they sort of engage in habits that they wouldn't necessarily engage in, all of that is absolutely doable because you have worked on your mental strength, right? You have Mm -hmm. figured out how to, instead of emotionally eating, I'm going to engage in this really good habit I have. Instead of, um, you know... Being a compulsive shopper i'm gonna you know put that energy into my exercise, but that takes mental work. You cannot do that, you cannot make those decisions be just just because it doesn't happen that way, and I think that's why some people sometimes struggle with um, therapy, which is a another discussion because they don't realize how much work you have to be able to put in for these things to be successful so here we are right? So the other piece of that is it takes so much mental energy and mental work. And we're in a pandemic and people are exhausted. They're exhausted physically Mm -hmm. and they're exhausted mentally. So now when I'm like, okay, I need to not emotionally eat. I need to not eat those cookies that I have on the shelf, right? I'm going to do this other exercise (laughs) thing. But you're like, I just don't, I don't even have it in me to like, do the mental work to like go resist that cookie. So I'm just going to eat it or I'm just going to, you know, I'm going (laughs) to go buy these things online because that just feels like this little bit of joy feels so much more um, fulfilling right now, given that I can't go outside. I can't go run. I can't hit the gym. I can't see my friends. I can't Right, There's so many. I can't. And now these little things mm-hmm. are your cans. And you're like, I'm just, I don't have the mental space to do it. So this is why I think it's happening, right? The, the mental work that it requires to like fight or like um, push back against some of these things that we have tried to um, relieve ourselves of, it, it's harder to do in the current situation. So your second question was like, so now what do I do, right? Like, how do I relieve myself? How do I not engage? First of all, I think it's so mm-hmm. important for you to check in with yourself every single morning to see where you're at. Um, I'm such a big proponent of personal check-ins to just be like self, right? Even if you have to go and look in the Mm -hmm. mirror and do it and be like, okay, where are you at today, Mel? And like, I can tell when I get up out of bed where I am. And if things are not feeling great, I know that I need to like do something different today so that I don't fall victim to eating all the chocolate in the house because I love chocolate. Um, So (laughs) that might mean more connection today with my friends. That might mean I have to get outside and take a walk. That might mean I have to work out for like, I'm going to do an extra challenge thing, right? I might do my regular workout and then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do like 10 minutes of a challenge just so I can like boost myself, um, myself, like just my self preservation today or like my, my motivation, but it's really about like check-ins with yourself every morning to see where you're at and then maybe making some adjustments so that you don't end up eating, you know, 10 of the Oreos that you bought for your
0: kids. Mm, So true. So true. (laughs) And those are simple things. It doesn't have to be super scientific. I love that. No. I absolutely love that. Now, I have enjoyed, you know, I could talk to you all day. In fact, I miss our trips where we could work, but no. also chat. So no. hopefully those days will come back again is the prayer. No. Um, but I want to make sure that we leave the audience with how to find you and mm-hmm. where to find you. Mm-hmm. And any last words that you have for them as well.
1: Sure. So um, yes please come look for me. I am super active on Instagram and so you can find me there at melrbphd so m as in mary e l r b as in boy p as in peter h d as in dog. Uh, I am also on Facebook um, dr mel PhD, and I'm on Twitter um, as dr mel phd as well. I'm sorry, Dr. Mel PhD. Yes. Uh, I have to think about that. Um, <laughs> I also have a website. Um, if you're curious or interested in services or interested in seeking me out, um, you can find me at, uh, it's, uh, renewed com. So you have to put the letter a in front in front of renewed focus. Um, or you can find me at Dr. Mel Speaks. So if you're interested in having me come and speak at your event or your, I will, I'm also doing sort of online or virtual conferences, or once we get back to in person, please, please seek me out. So I'm at Dr. And uh, I just want to say um, that authenticity is so important and showing up as yourself, whatever that self may be. So if on a particular day that is you feeling the sunshine and feeling revved up and, you know, wanting to grab that that spring skirt off your shelf and put on a tank top, you know, even if you don't have anywhere to go, if that's what your day looks like, then do it. And if on another day, you're just sort of like, "Mm, I'm not feeling stuff today. Like, I don't want to do the regular adult things. I don't want to cook. I don't want to uh, make sure that my bed is made. I actually just want to lay here and eat popcorn and watch a good Netflix. Then do that too, because that's you being you and you not showing up like anyone else for anyone else. It's about you showing up for yourself. So
0: that's what I wish Mm. for all of you. Yes. Thank you so much for those words. And I'm sure they will take them to heart and use them. And I want to say thank you so much for Mm. joining us today. I know how busy your schedule is and the things that you must get done in your day. And I'm so grateful that you chose to spend time with me on today and with the audience. And we really do appreciate your presence, your work, what you do, how you are, how you give of mm-hmm. yourself, and how how you give to yourself as well. Because y'all will see that if you follow her on Instagram. So all of those things are very much appreciated. And so um I'm just very grateful to have you here today and can't wait to do it again. Cause I know we're gonna have to have you on again. Oh, I would
1: love it. Love it. Thank you so <laughs> much for having me on today. This was amazing and i agree i miss our trips and i miss being able to talk to you i just felt like i was talking to my girlfriend today so this was amazing thank you so much
0: (laughs) thank you thank you and Mm -hmm. uh please enjoy the rest of your day you too well y'all that's all for today and i hope you all enjoyed the information that was given today i feel like we can all learn a bit From this chat and also Dr. Mill's wisdom, I feel like she offers so much in the place of understanding realistic ways to apply some of the very important psychological ideals and information that we need daily. And so I really want you guys or encourage you guys to follow her work. She's so awesome. So be sure to subscribe and make sure you know when I post my next episode, Sign up for my free e-newsletter at drninelishervey.com, and you'll also receive my free eight-day supernatural video course, which many of you all have said has really added to a balance in your everyday life. You can also find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at beautiful brown baby doll or Dr. Nina. Now I'm looking forward to seeing you guys, receiving your messages and thoughts, and also hearing from you. So thanks so much for being with us today and sharing. During this time, Dr. Nina signing out. Peace.